Ross and Elementary School. You're listening to the podcast. Those were first graders at Rawson Elementary School, if you didn't catch it. They're also featured in a teacher and staff appreciation video from students and administrators who are teachers and staff that we're putting together. That's this week's theme to our show, Teacher Appreciation. I'm Daniel Bader, Communication Coordinator for the School District of South Milwaukee, and this is the SMI Podcast. The second week of May is Teacher Appreciation Week. There are a million special days on the calendar, but for this one, we tend to do a little more. There's a reason we spend a little more effort on this recognition, and that's because everyone has had at least one teacher that they remember for their entire lives. Someone who saw something special about you that maybe you didn't see yourself. For me, that teacher was John Van Wee. He was a high school math teacher in my hometown of South Gwens Falls, New York. I moved to that town my freshman year and did my best to blend in. One day in the hallway, he asked why I wasn't running in the election for class officers. It was out of the blue, something I'd never considered. The incumbents were all popular students, all girls, and had been officers for my entire high school experience. I don't remember the conversation beyond that, but by lunch I'd recruited a friend and our football team center. We flipped a coin to determine who would run as president, vice president, and secretary, and started making campaign posters. Long story short, we won and ended up spending two years fundraising for proms and senior trips, which was a level of community engagement and leadership that I never expected to find myself doing. Today on the podcast, we have the story of how one Blakewood Elementary teacher, the late Judy Camphora, and her love of nature made a lifelong impact on two of her colleagues, Colleen Bartline, the middle school administrative secretary, and Chris Bassetti, the middle school science teacher, both of whom are retiring this year. Um, And we're going to hear from Steve Bartline, um, Colleen's son, about the friendship that he and Judy had through to the end of her life. Um, To honor Judy's life, Colleen and Chris organized a group of Judy's former colleagues and students to gather on April 28th and plant a tree in Judy's memory at Blakewood, right near the forest she loved and which bears her name. Here's their story. Um, And a note, Colleen is the first person you'll hear, and Chris is the second. Um, Colleen and Chris, welcome to the SMA podcast. Thank you. Thank you. We're glad to be here. So tell me about Judy and why Judy is, is so special in your lives. Either one. Go ahead. Well, it started when my son went to Blakewood, son and daughter. And um, she had started a Blakewoods Kids Committee, and she was in charge of the woods behind Blakewoods. Blakewood. So she would invite the kids uh, once a month. They would select really two to three students out of each class. They would meet with her once a month and talk about what they could do with Blakewood Woods. Um, it developed into uh, we would yearly re-wood chip the trails. She would help the students mark the plants and identify all the plants in the woods. Mm. Um, and it really, you could see in the kids that were involved how interested they were in dealing with plants and in the woods and the trees. And it really, it really made a big impact on the kids at Blakewood. When were when when was your son at Blakewood? But roughly, what years, decade wise? 
Well, he's 32 <laughs> now. 32 now. 2000s, I guess? <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, yes. Okay. Um, and uh, so kind of in the environmental movement, right, still at, at this time when we're talking about being good shepherds of the land, it sounds like she was kind of a pioneer. Oh, very that. much so. Yeah. Very much ahead of her time. Yeah. And we have such a nature deficit in kids nowadays. And I could always tell when students came to me at the middle school who had had Judy Canfora. Really? You know, it, mm -hmm. she just, they knew things that a lot of other kids didn't know. And they had an appreciation for wild things that is just so refreshing. Mm -hmm. um, so, so kind of tell me more about her. What, what was she like? What? She was very energetic. She was, she knew all of her kids so well in her classroom. Um, she just, she was a great person to be around. She was full of knowledge when it came to nature. Um, she, my son in kindergarten, she would bring her fifth graders down to be reading buddies. And I remember my son coming home in kindergarten telling me that he was going to be president of her fan club. <laughs> she, had <a laughs> so fan club. she had a She had then had a fan club. So he was yeah. going to be president of her fan club because she loved the woods and he loved nature and he loved the woods. Sure. So it started in kindergarten and that's what was so exciting. They got to follow all the way through all the years with her, with her. Yeah. yeah. And her enthusiasm. She was always enthusiastic and you yeah. never knew what she was going to be up no. to. Mm -mm. I remember after she had retired, I had called her about something in the woods and she said, I got to go, Chris. I'm I'm in Florida right now with the manatees. You know, like it was just always, well, where is she now? It was like a where's Waldo, but it was yes. where's Judy Kenfora. Yeah. Um, so tell me about the tree we, that, that we had planted or that you had planted and at Blake with this, the, well, on the 28th. But what kind of tree is it? Why there? And yeah, tell me about it. So. Not only did Judy love nature, but she loved baseball. Mm -hmm. She loved spending time with kids. So we planted um, something that's just perfect for her. Bright pink crabapple tree right next to the baseball diamond by Blake Woods Elementary, uh, between the baseball diamond and Canfora Woods. Mm. So it'll give shade to the fans who are watching the baseball games. Um, just a beautiful splash of color to that area. Um, yeah, it's going to be beautiful. Yes, just it like, is. Just like her. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And what did you have to do to get a tree there? Because um, it's not just digging a hole, right? <laughs> uh, there were a couple hoops to jump through. Um, we 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 have a little collection to, to pay for emails. the tree. Yep. Several emails. Went lots of emails, lots of communication, yeah. diggers hotline, um, getting permission from the district. But everyone who knew Judy was very supportive of this and said, oh my gosh, we're thrilled to be a part of it. And, and, Chris, and, and, I and Chris and I and families are donating the tree. So, yeah. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. um, and so you mentioned Camphora Woods. Are, were they, was it her property? What What is it? It's yeah. attached to Blakewood. It's actually right behind Blakewood, east of Blakewood. And she just was, it was this little patch of forest that she just basically kind of adopted with her mm -hmm. kids and did nature hikes through there and they put birdhouses in there and um, just got kids to appreciate so many of the things that are in that tiny little patch of woods that the school named it after her. And then sometimes on the weekends, if the people were busy during the week, we would have wood chips delivered once the year and our whole families would go down there and we'd bring our wheelbarrows, mm -hmm. gloves, shovels, 
and we'd all that whole morning we would spend with the kids shoveling the wood chips all through the, the woods and it was just so much fun yeah. it was such great memories for our kids wow um and it, it so it's on district property is it that is the, the woods yeah mm -hmm. and so that just became her laboratory it sounds mm -hmm. like yeah, yeah very absolutely. much so very um, much so and how, so i know how long did she work for the district but was it her whole career was it I believe it was, I would have to find out. I believe it yeah. was her whole career. I know she was at Blakewood a long time. Sure, a big part mm -hmm. of her life. Big part anyway. of her life. Mm -hmm. um, and your, um, uh, I know we're going to talk to Colleen, we're going to talk to your son yes. in a little bit about this, but I want to hear it from a mom's perspective what impact she had on your family. And I'll hear it from him too in, in a minute, but tell us the story. She had a huge impact on our family. Um, Stephen, knowing him, knowing her all the way from kindergarten, all through the grades, um, she, he actually, and he'll explain too, he actually started helping her take care of her yard. Oh. And she had a beautiful yard. Um, she had all different flowers and trees, and so he would help cut the grass. And they would have times to sit and talk, and I know that his time spent with Judy meant a lot. They mm. talked about everything that, you know, it, Judy was open to talk about everything, so it was great. Um, so, and, and we've, we've been seeing, he, We've been seeing her over the years ever since he's even been out of high school. Yeah. So and kept in touch. And you told me a story about a, a book. Um, yes. What was it? I, I forgot what you said. He wrote a book. They all wrote a book in fifth grade. And um, he hadn't gotten the book back after fifth grade. And she kept the book. And then she kiddingly told him that when he gets married, she would get the book back to him. And so he did get married out of state. And she planned on coming and everything. And she had gotten ill and she was not able to come. So then after that, he had met up with her and she said, oh, well, now when you have your first child, I'm gonna get you that book. <laughs> and so she, he did have his first child and she did mail it to him from Florida. Oh, wow. And I do have a picture of him reading it to his son. Wow. So and it means a lot. That does mean a lot. I mean, mm -hmm. that's a decades long relationship with yes. who is your fifth grade teacher. Yes. Right? Um, and Chris, he had your your son too, right? Yeah, or son, daughter, yeah. son. My son, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah my older son Fletcher um, was kind of a quirky kid, um, and Colleen knows him too. Yes. Um, when he was in early elementary school, he was just it was hard to figure him out. Um, quirky is probably the best word I can use to describe him. And Judy was the first person to just peg him and just realize okay there's a there's a smart kid a funny kid and she would just rave about him and you know what it was like it was almost like it, she hit a reset button for him you know like he suddenly had confidence he and he, this is coming from a first grader you know mm. he suddenly had confidence and he knew that he was smart and he knew that he was funny and um yeah she just she had a, a, a good way of reading people mm -hmm. that a lot of other people weren't able to do, you know, she could see through the surface and um, she would find good in everyone. Yeah, and I would say it sounds like she really invests in each kid that, or, or maybe the ones she found a connection with, but mm -hmm. um, you're looking at your notes, what, what oh, are you no. thinking? <laughs> she has lovely penmanship for people that can't watch, can't see. Um, yeah, I mean, it just, uh, that's a rare thing, you know, to have that well, I don't actually. I don't know if it's a rare thing. I know that it's rare to hear, maybe just to hear those stories. But that's the power of a teacher, right? Is to wow. have a connection with our yes. students. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and and so, 
as a co- as colleagues, um, Colleen, you worked in the office yes. w- when she taught there. And Chris, what was your interaction with her? How did you know um, her? I knew Judy um, having my son. And then when I found out about her love of nature, we connected with Canfora Woods. We connected with some of the projects that she was doing. Um, I was over at her house. She had an amazing native plant garden. Mm-hmm. Um, so we would bounce things off of each other all the time when it came to nature things. Mm-hmm. Um, even just walking, we'd go for a walk together in the woods and we, it was almost like a contest. Okay, who's gonna be able to spot the most you know, native edible plants? And um, she's just a wealth of knowledge. And I just, I enjoyed picking her brain and I think she enjoyed picking mine too. And mm-hmm. um, just a joy to spend time with. Nice. Um, yeah, we talk a little bit about, our, well, actually our first, very first episode of the podcast was about these professional learning communities we're developing, trying to build relationships like that. But, but that's an example of, of a real working relationship where it sounds like maybe you both lifted each other up in your in your work. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, and so any other thoughts about Judy before I, I talk to Stephen about, about her? Um, no, I think we're, you'll be able to fill you in in some other good points, yeah. too. We're just thrilled to be able to do this for yes. her and her family, and it'll be a great reminder. I live near Blakewood. It'll be wonderful mm-hmm. to see that tree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, um, cherry trees are just... Or, uh, crab sorry, apple. crab yeah. apple trees are just... There's one outside uh, here, just right mm-hmm. outside here. Just when they flower, it's just an yep. amazing thing. And the bees and just mm-hmm. kind of... They're just little ecosystems. And, she, to and she, Judy would love that. She'd be all over Absolutely. This. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, did you have uh, any other ideas? What what settled you on the crab apple tree? I don't know. It just fit. Mm-hmm. We really wanted to do a flowering tree. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And that was one of them that was and suggested. By the baseball diamond mm-hmm. and near her woods and on mm-hmm. the Blakewood property. Um, yeah. And, and there's no shade in that area. So, no. that'll just. Be a beautiful comfort area. Yeah, it will be. So. And they're kind of low, right? So you could sit under one yeah. and get some shade from it yep. and, and not. Um, yeah, that's great. Well, um, thank you guys for being here. and Thank and you for having us. Thank you. Sharing those stories. Um, I'm sad I didn't get to meet her now. Um, you would have really liked her. So let's hear next from Steve Bartline, Colleen's son, about his relationship with Judy Camphora. Steve is a former special education teacher and now a phys ed teacher and um, assistant baseball coach at UW-Whitewater. Steve, uh, Steve Bartline, welcome to the SMA podcast. Thanks for taking the time. Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, so tell me about um, your relationship with Judy Camphora. Um, it's... It sounds like, um, from what your mom described, is just a, a classroom thing that turned into a whole life relationship. Um, yeah, tell me about her. Yeah, so it actually started before I was in her classroom. Uh, Judy had uh, a big presence in the the school in terms of a couple big events. One being the the Blakewood Woods. Uh, each year, she would put together a, a group of students. Um, and we would remulch the pathways of the, the woods that are, are just next to the school. Um, and we'd use the woods for all different kinds of things, um, from we sometimes would bring reading groups out there, uh, do hiking trails, scavenger hunts, things like that. But the, the work of putting the mulch on the pathway was always something that 
that needed some some effort. And my sister and I, when we were, bef- you know, growing up in that school, that was something that we did uh, each year. And she was the the point person that led that. Through the years, getting to know her doing that, uh, it became kind of a, a standing, uh, not joke, but standing comment that, you know, I, gosh, I can't wait to have you as a teacher, you know, and, and as the years went on, it, it became the joke that uh, myself and another student, Jordan Ao, so we were the, the members of the Judy Canfork fan club. It wasn't <laughs> actually a fan club, but that's that was kind of the the joke of it. And part of it was because uh, Jordan and I would would do that that uh, that work for her in the woods, and we worked really hard, and we liked nature, and and it was a good fit. Uh, we ended up, I ended up having her as a teacher then during my fifth grade year, and um, she was a great teacher. She, uh, you know, she she pushed you. Um, she saw more potential in you than you maybe saw in yourself at certain times. Um, and then beyond my experience with her as a teacher, um, I, I started doing some some summer work for her as well and for some other teachers. Uh, but she was kind of my my point for that as well uh, in in the in you know teaching me how to do certain certain things in the garden and um, just outdoors in general. Um. Interesting. So, um, what was she like as a person that, how did you get to know her, you know? Um, and yeah, just what was she like? Well, yeah, I think the educational term would be a warm demander. You know, she was uh, one of those people who, when you did something right, uh, she was going to congratulate you, but she was going to then tell you what you needed to do next to keep getting better. And then when you didn't do something well and you were hard on yourself, uh, she was very good about, giving you some perspective and and trying to push you along and prod you along so you didn't dwell on it too long. I think one of the the biggest lessons she ever taught me in the classroom was was in regards to being able to accept accept some some failure. You know, up to you go through elementary school and if you're detail oriented as a kid, you can do pretty well. You can, you know, do, go above and beyond on assignments and you can and do all those things and you know, you can get a lot of good marks, a lot of good grades. Um, but once you start getting into middle school and high school, that's when you start to start to experience some more trials and, and some more some more failure. And one of the things that, that she did for me as a fifth grade teacher was she wanted me to experience some of that before I got to middle school and high school. And so she, you know, they talk now about differentiating and, and modifying assignments. She was doing that across the board for not just me, but a lot of our students um, to try to push us so that we would encounter some failure and then she could coach us through it. And as a student, we didn't, we didn't know that was going on, but um, I know she had some conversations with my mother at parent teacher conferences and said, Hey, listen, this is, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to push him because I want him to experience some failure and I want him to, to learn how to do that before he goes on to middle school and high school. Um, because I think it's going to be important down the road for him. And so that was something that, that she went out of her way to do. And that was something that, that uh, I remember as being a, a, a big impact because her class wasn't easy and there would be things that I think, Oh gosh, I, I could do this really well. And she'd pick apart that assignment. Like it was like, it was nothing. And that kind of feedback and that kind of, um, you know, uh, I guess accountability to the, to the task was really impactful for me. And, um, so tell me about the book. What's the story <laughs> with the book? Yeah. So 
one of the assignments we would do in her class was we would uh, we would make a book and she would get these blank copies of books they'd have a hard cover and and pages and it was one of our uh, projects that we would write the story and then put the story into the book fit it with illustrations and and everything and um you know i it was a it was a story that you know, I, I, I put together, I think it was on deforestation. And so go figure there's a, a nature theme. And I put together this book and I, I put together some really nice illustrations in it. And when she got done looking over and grading it, she said, Hey, I, I'd really like to put this book in for a book contest. And uh, she did the, filled out the paperwork to submit it. She submit the book. It, it did not end up winning. <laughs> Uh, but she really liked the book, and I think one of the things she liked about it was how much work I had put into the book and the kind of detail that I had in it. I'll be honest, the illustrations were probably better than the storyline as I look back on it, <laughs> okay. but it was definitely a, a book that I put a lot of effort into, and I remember when I was doing the story planning, uh, it was not like she accepted my first storyline you know, I think I I put in the first rough copy and it came back with all kinds of edits and I put a second one in and a third one in. And, but again, that was, that was the way that, that she taught. And that was the way that she was teaching me to, to be reflective on my work. And when it was all said and done, it was a really nice finished product. And so she submitted it and then uh, she kept the book and she used it as an example for the, some of the years after me as uh, this is what I'm looking for in this project. Um, and then over the years, as I was working with her, you know, I'd always bring up, Hey, when can I get that book back? And, uh, and she always said, I'll, I'll give you the book back when you have your first child. And, um, then you can, you know, you can read it to them. And, and, um, two, two years ago, we had our first, first child, Drake. And, uh, sure enough, you know, we, we met up with her and, and she gave us the, or she, she had mailed the, the book back and and put a really nice letter in there and um yeah it was it's pretty cool to have that come full circle yeah that is really neat and i think i, I guess that's what i like about south milwaukee these kind of t family ties you know i mean your mom worked in the school you know and they were colleagues and and you worked you know your yard work for her and you guys just became you know um yeah yeah you just knew and, each and other. there was yeah. Right. Yep. And, and there was one other connection too, because my my undergraduate degrees in special education, and when I was practicing through school, um, I was you know doing some just some different things and looking for some experience with with kids and with students. And at the time I was doing a lot of coaching, and she was doing line therapy with a with a student in, in the South Milwaukee area. And she said, "Hey, it would be great for us to to do some." some sports with them too. And so, um, started one summer, I practiced some baseball with them and we branched that into some other sports. And then we branched it into other things like some of his academics and some life skills and some, all kinds of things. And, and that relationship, um, was managed case managed by Judy. Uh, but I became a, an a employee of hers in a different capacity outside of the outside of the nature yard work capacity, we became colleagues and, um, 
and that was really where I think our relationship grew the most because uh, we were working together and um, she was able to, to teach me a lot of things and a lot of strategies that I was then able to use once I got into the field as well. And so that was really a, a, a cool opportunity for me to work with her in that. And then do you use any of those maybe lessons you got from Ms. Camphora that in, in when you're working with kids? Oh, absolutely. Uh, the, the biggest one that I think she taught and the one that I try to use is, is I really try to, I guess the best way to put it is, is try to push kids to, to accept failure, learn from failure and, and be better from it. You know, I think one of the things that can be tough or one of the things we can fall into is we can fall into telling people what they do right all the time. And there's a, there's a, a, a benefit to that. I think growing people's confidence and, and explaining to them what they're doing right and celebrating successes is important, but there's so much you can learn from, from accepting some failure and, and learning from it and, you know, trying things that are hard, knowing that, you know what, I'm going to put a lot of effort in this and I might not get a great result the first time, but the, doing the work is important. And that was, I think the biggest thing I ever learned from her is, is just do the work. <laughs> you know, I, I didn't care if one summer she'd pull up with 50 bags of mulch and, you know, there's no way I was going to let her carry more bags of mulch out of the PT cruiser than me, <laughs> you <laughs> know, great. and there's, you know, we, she'd roll up sometimes with 200 bulbs, you know, and I guess that as a sidebar, that's the best story I think we ever had. And she, she loved this story. <laughs> there was one summer she got 200 bulbs and she wanted to plant the bulbs into her yard so that in the springtime they would grow up through the grass. And then the area of around her deck would be, you know, a bunch of flowers and we could cut it and just mulch it up and it would be fine. But for a couple of days or a week, you'd have this really pretty yard. And so we go through and we're planting, she's digging the, she's digging the little holes and I'm placing the bulbs and we do this for gosh, probably over an hour. And we get towards the end. And at this point where she's digging the holes, I'm relatively close. And she sees how I'm putting the bulbs in the ground. And she goes, Steve, have you been putting the bulbs in the ground like that the whole time? I was like, yeah. And I thought that was how you put the bulb into the ground. You know, I guess if you look at a, a bulb, when you plant it, it looks like the roots looks like what's going to come out of the ground, but you should actually put that part down. <laughs> Right, I right. had ended up planting about 189 bulbs upside down. <laughs> did you go back and fix them or did what No, no. I, I, we had already, you know, covered them. And so she, after she got done laughing for about 10 minutes, um, you know, we, we said, okay, let's plant the rest of them upside down too. And, uh, what ends up happening and this was, she, she taught me on this experience was eventually a bulb will turn itself around. So when you plant the bulb upside down, it's not going to come up the next year, but within two to three years, it'll come up. Nice. And the, you know, kind of to give you an idea of, of Judy and her perspective, you know, she, she could have had me go back and un, undo every bulb and that way we get it the next year. Uh, but instead, you know, she, she laughed it off and she said, Hey, listen, this is great. I'm going to have bulbs coming up through my yard for the next 10 to 15 years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What and, a metaphor. And sure enough. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And, and sure enough, every year, about two, well, about two years after we planted them, 
each year she'd have, you know, a few bulbs that would come up. And sure enough, that's, that's what ended up happening. And I think that's a great example of, of her and, and how she, you know, went about life and went about educating was, you know, Hey, let's, let's take this. Oh, it wasn't a perfect plant. It wasn't a perfect product, but let's just spin it and make the best of it. And that's exactly what, what we did with those, those bulbs. And it was a pretty funny story and, and good metaphor to, to go off of. Yeah, that is great. And you could have had a miserable afternoon, right? She could have been upset. <laughs> she could, you know, it could have been just a negative interaction or a negative, a bad day. And instead it turned into yeah, this, yeah. the story you guys shared, you know, the rest of her life. Yeah. And that's, I think that's a, a big piece of it is like when you, when you do get a chance to work with somebody, you know, and, and, and more than a few times there are bad things that come up you know you plant bulbs upside down you it rains on you it uh you know you got to clean out smelly gutters you name it right and she was somebody who it was easy to do that kind of work with her because she would make it enjoyable and um you know she just found the best in those experiences and she found the best in those opportunities and you learned from them um, tell me about the tree planting. Um, what was that? Yeah, like? that's, you know, it was, it was really nice. Um, I'm so, I'm really glad that, that there's a piece of, of her by that woods. Um, that woods was a huge part of her life and a huge part of her, her teacher life. I would say, um, she took a lot of pride in that. And I think, you know, to put a, to put a tree right next to the woods, um, is, you know, something that will, will be there for a long time. And I think that's exactly what she would have, what she would have liked, um, you know, to have some, a piece of her by that woods and big chunk of her life was there. A big, a lot of, a lot of students were impacted by her and, um, you know, a tree is a great metaphor for that. And, you know, it's, I believe it's a tree that's going to flower each spring. And, um, you know, that's, that's exactly what, uh, what she should be remembered like. Maybe you should sneak back and bury some bulbs upside down somewhere around there, <laughs> right? <laughs> Plant some bulbs around the trees? Yeah, yeah, upside down. Yeah. See what, yeah. See what happens. <laughs> That's true. That's uh, That might be a good task. Yeah. Well, Steve, thank you uh, for taking this time to talk about your teacher and, and that experience you've had with her. Um, it's just a great, it's a great story, you know, and it just kind of says what we appreciate about teachers and and that's why we're doing this this podcast this week just teacher appreciation and so thank you yeah absolutely thanks for uh, allowing me to tell the story and thanks for spotlighting uh judy she's definitely not someone who you know would have would have sought out the spotlight but she's definitely somebody who who uh whose impact should be recognized and impact should be um you know i think broadcast to not only you know, people that are, are listening but to other teachers to understand the impact that they can make and the impact they do make each day thanks for listening to the smy podcast this week we have one more full show planned for the year we'll welcome longtime south milwaukee trek coaches stan Druckery and mark hoffman to the podcast to talk about their careers stan has coached students for more than 50 years and mark for almost 40 while track and field will certainly be then in the discussion, what I'm looking forward to hearing is their insights about the students they coach. How are students different now than when they started coaching? What do students get out of their programs? Is it more than just physical fitness? This is timely because it was recently announced that the district plans to name the high school track after the two coaches. 
It's being rebuilt now as part of the $3.3 million field surface improvement project. The Launching a Legacy Committee, which is fundraising to cover a lot of the cost of the project, is challenging Stan and Mark's alumni to a fiscal 4x400 relay race in their honor. The first team, Drecker Hoffman, to reach $80,000 wins, but the first of the month is the end of each leg, and there are $20,000 uh, each for the baton handoffs um, that secure bragging rights and get that team just closer to the finish line. You can learn more at www.launchingalegacy.info. Thanks again for listening to the SMA podcast. We will see you next time.